Welcome back to Team Talk, ESPN Radio 1017, the team here till 7 tonight. Then it's pre-match coverage of United in Sacramento to face Sacramento Republic FC. United in need of of three points tonight, so we'll have that action for you. Uh, Starting at 8 o'clock is when the game uh, kicks off. Adam Deal and Andy Hageman on the call there tonight. Uh, I'm Joe O'Neill, Sam Hauser, Scott Galetti in the 6 o'clock hour. Uh, Lobo women's basketball head coach Mike Bradbury joining us in studio here this afternoon. I wanted to bring you in, Sam. Uh, I know you're loving you some uh, Lobo women's hoops. What, uh, what do you got for Coach Bradbury? Well, I just want to go back to something, Coach, that you mentioned uh, earlier, talking about You know, certainly by the end of the season we saw the role that Paula Reus had grown into, and you mentioned some of the other freshmen and underclassmen that got the chance to play last year, but... As we're seeing this now in college basketball, where there's so there is so much emphasis on the veterans, the grad transfers, the seniors, and everything like that. I mean, certainly there's always been you know you want your you want to have seniors at the top that can lead, that can play, and everything. But it seems like that's gone to even another level the last couple of years. Do you th- was that a product of of COVID and how that impacted college basketball? Do you think? Yeah, I do. I think that it's, um, you know, when everybody got an extra year, whether they were going to stay on your team or transfer to another team, um, it, it just made everybody older. And so the, the competition for old kids, you know, was was really strong. Um, and you really had to be a special freshman to be able to get in a game. And, and you know, you mentioned Paula, and she's clearly that, and I think she's going to be a, a great player. She was really good for us this year, um, but I think she has a chance to be a great player. Yeah, what do you think the ceiling is, just based on what you saw, especially from the start to the season to the end, with the confidence that she grew, certainly uh, a nice outside shot. Like, what do you see as, as a ceiling for her? And also what you're seeing in practice, because yes. I've gone to practices. I mean, uh Let's talk about this ceiling. Great question, by the way, Sam. You got to remember, coach usually tries to temper expectations on players, but I'm telling you, coach, I mean, come clean. Paula's got a high ceiling. Yeah, it, it's as high as she wants it to be. Um, there, there are no weaknesses in her game. Uh, she can shoot the three. She handles the ball. She's got great size. She's the best passer on our team. Um, her, her ceiling is as high as she wants it to be. She has a chance to be really special. How much of an advantage for for somebody like her? How much of an advantage is that is uh, coming in as far as what you've seen over time? You know, we always see different players have different options. You know, do I want to go pro? Do I want to go play overseas? You know, you see players uh, come from overseas to play college in, in in the United States. What do you like? What were some of the big advantages for her? Because uh, uh, I mean, she played some high level basketball before uh, coming to play for you. Yeah, and I think that's why she was ready to play. Um, you know, the the league she was playing in overseas was was really competitive. You know, she's on national teams. Um, you know, she she played against the best and and even older people. And when she came in here, um, you know, she didn't come in scared. She came in ready to play and ready to compete. And and she showed it from day one. So have you had to change the way that you recruited all going back to what we were just talking about where now, you know, players are even older and there's more oppor- you know, there's just opportunities for seniors and su- and super seniors and everything. Has that changed the way that you have to uh, recruit incoming freshmen? Yeah, it is. Um, you know, it's you, you normally you would sign four or five freshmen and, and let them develop and, you know, and they would be with you for a long time. And, um, you know, now, you know, you're hoping they're going to be with you for a long time. Um, but you, you, your team to be successful and, and to win games, you have to have older people um, and sprinkle in some freshmen um, that, that can compete. 
Coach, uh, also, since we're kind of going down memory lane here, um, and you mentioned her in talking about all the, you know, the excitement about the returning players, uh, Anaya Augman, you said uh, she's coming off an injury, but she's getting healthy? She is getting healthy. She'll be ready to go. Okay, immediately when I saw you signed her, and I saw, I said, where's she from? And she's from Vegas, I think, right? Is that where she California. played? California. She's from San California. Jose. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. But so I'm getting ahead of myself. From California, which, you know, is the West. And I was like, with a, with a name like Augman, there's got to be some connection to the great Stacy Augman at UNLV. And there is. Yeah, there is. Um, they are related. Um, they do talk. Um, I think it's, um, you know, I think it's something for her. Um, to use his motivation, yeah, um, and you know, and we know that that he was a great defender Absolutely. and athletic and all this, and you know, she she fits all of those, checks all of those boxes. Um, I, I think Anaya will be a tremendous defender, elite defender, um, and her offensive game is is good. Um, she. If she can improve her perimeter shot just a little bit, sure. um, then I think she'll be really difficult to guard. Um, you know, Right now, her athleticism allows her to get it at the basket, and she makes spectacular plays. Um, and I think when she can make all the routine plays consistently is when you'll see her really improve. So yeah, I mean, I I saw that right away. I would be like, you know, you, you know, she's she was on the second team, but if you're a first team player and you're going against her every day in practice, the kind of pressure she puts on you, uh, that obviously helps you prepare your guards for for other teams because she's relentless and and like you said, she can be kind of a difference maker, uh, picking up three quarter court, even full court if necessary, and make things happen by herself. Yeah, absolutely, and and she really improved throughout the year. Um, she was the biggest difference in um, either first or second NIT game. Um, she she really saved us. We had some foul trouble, and um, she came in and played 15 minutes in the first half and was really the reason we won the game. So you mentioned that she's going to have to improve her shooting, okay? Uh, and th- this is just the general you know, coaching uh, question, uh, whether it's men's basketball, women's basketball. I mean, um, that's not uh, for for really, really good athletes and, and good players like, you know, going from a 28 percent three point shooter to a 35 percent three point shooter is very difficult. But what you're telling me is it's got to come down to hours in the gym, I guess. Yeah, and, and she puts the time in, um, and she'll continue to put that time in. A lot of it with her is confidence. Um, you know, j- just step in there like you're going to make it, um, think you're going to make it. Um, and I think with more reps and practice and uh, just getting in there by herself and developing some confidence, um, I-, I think it's going to be fine. There's nothing mechanically wrong with with anything that she does shooting the ball. Um, she just has never had to do it because she's so quick and athletic. Um, she didn't have to all the time. Yeah. Um, I, I think she'll improve, and, and she'll get to that mark. Uh, yeah, I just think of, um, you know, Tiger Williams, the the point guard for UCLA. You know, what what kind of a, a move he made uh, offensively from last year to this year and, like, what it did for his game. And uh, like you said, whether it's Augman or anybody on the team, that's the kind of thing you want to see is progress, you know, uh, through coaching as they grow in their years. Uh, so speaking of 
practicing and and playing outside of the season uh you've got a team camp coming up here um that i know you're really excited about and you're uh you're looking forward to a, a bunch of new mexico boys and girls teams participating talk about that coach yeah it, it, i think it's going to be great june 16th through the 19th um uh, everybody will come through the pit at, at one time or another, you know, during during their games. Um, you play three, four, five games, depending on how well you do. Um, it's I, I think we haven't been able to have a camp in two or three years, and I think people are excited uh, to be able to get back to UNM and back in the pit and have camp, whether it's team camp, individual camp, any of those things. And they're going to be going on uh, – Men and women's camps the whole month of June. Okay, uh, but the team camp especially, uh, it's for high school boys and gir- uh, boys and girls, uh, middle school all the way up through high school. Club teams is uh, are welcome as uh, as well. Um, I think it's going to be really really exciting. You can you can sign up on the women's basketball website. You can contact Ryan Freeman uh, in our office either email or just call the office and ask for him. Um, everything is lined up and ready to go, and we are really really excited about it. Yeah, and uh, reasonably priced uh, per team, and you're even given discounts if 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 teams bring like three or more teams. So yeah, go to the Lobo Women's Basketball website. It won't be hard to find. It's the Lobo Women's Team or it's the Lobo Team Camp. Uh, it'll go from June 16th through June the 19th for both boys and girls, and uh, that's you know that that's a real opportunity also. Um, for you to continue uh, to foster the relationships you have with local coaches and and getting your you know a chance to see some of these these younger players while you're conducting the 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 camp. I mean, obviously it's a lot of work for you guys, but at the same time, uh, there's a lot of other benefits that go along with it collectively as well. Yeah, it's it's very rewarding. We can we can see all the coaches, all the players uh, from all the teams in New Mexico. Uh, you know, they get a chance to come into our facility and look around and see everything that that we have hopefully hopefully that inspires them um you know and and the men's staff is going to be around for team camp as well um it, it's it's going to be awesome I, i'm really excited it's the first time we've been able to do this where we combine everything and you know and, and get upwards of 100 teams oh yeah that that would be a, a really great week for global basketball both women's basketball men's basketball and that's the need to hear that the the men's uh, staff will be part of this as well. Again, it's uh, the Lobo Team Camp. Uh, it's uh, the 16th through the 19th of June and uh, open to, as Coach said, uh, boys, girls teams, uh, AAU teams. Um, just uh, go to the website and uh, somebody will get back to you for sure. So like when you were a kid, I mean, were you one of those that wanted to, to play all these sports, playing in these camps and all this kind of stuff? I was. Yeah, I, you know, obviously went to team camp with my high school team, um, went to several individual camps uh, around the southeast. Um, and this it, is in what city? In Chattanooga. Chattanooga, okay. That's where I grew up. Right. Um, you know, and we went to camps all over the southeast. Um, it's a lot of fun, especially team camp when you can when you can get out in the summer and be around your teammates, uh, develop chemistry um, that will benefit you down the road when you when you get into big games during the regular high school season. Yeah, no, that is a great point is that you'll face, you know, teams maybe you had lost to or or beaten during the regular season. You see them like in the middle of the summer and then you get ready to see them again and you, you get used to seeing these folks and uh and there's, you know, that that's one of the things that you're trying to to emphasize with this is it's it's there's going to be a lot of good competition but a, a lot of fun and a local flair to it. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's what brings the best out of New Mexico basketball is they're highly competitive. It's great basketball. You know, the, the overall population's not huge, but I will say there's not better high school coaches in the country than the girls and boys coaches in this state. Interesting. Okay. So you, you uh, obviously you're talking about playing in teen camps yourself, uh, um, hoops and uh, what in uh, growing up in Chattanooga, were you one of those three, you know, play whatever was in season, football, baseball, basketball, that type of thing? Yeah, it's kind of what you did back then. Everything wasn't as specialized uh, whenever that was. 30 some years ago. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so you, you basically played everything, you know, and, and generally speaking, the quarterback was usually the best basketball player <laughs> and he's usually the best pitcher on the baseball yeah. team. And that's the way it was at my school. Um, you know, and, and you played everything you could. And um, throughout my four years of high school, I mean, I, I ran track, played baseball, played football, played basketball, um, and played on the golf team. And obviously not all in the same year. Right. Um, but it was different from year to year. So, um, you know, I look back. On that, no, those were the best years. Oh man, uh, that, yeah, that is uh, wide. You know, I, 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 you included track and field, or track and golf amongst the others. I was on those teams, I, I, Joe. I'm not telling you that, that I was that I was good in any the of Olympics. them. Okay, I, I I was good enough to make those teams and participate in them. I got you. All right. Well, something made you enjoy it enough where you decided to to stay into coaching. Uh, you know, so when did you realize that? You know, uh, you enjoyed the coaching. Like, was it like they, they needed somebody to help out with a camp after you're done with high school, or or how did that evolve, Coach? Well, I wanted to coach, and so I went to school and was, you know, an education major, and was going to, you know, teach and coach, you know, in whatever level, high school, whatever it was, um, and that's what that's what I was going to school to be. Um, just so happened, uh, you know. Two or three years into it, um, I took a class, and and back then the women's basketball coach taught uh, one class um, there, and I, I took that. It was coaching women, coaching basketball class, and uh, I took that class, and you know I took it serious and and things like that. He asked if I would. Uh, help out and be like a student assistant. So I did. Um, then I was a GA there and then got hired full-time, and it kind of just took off from there. And that was uh, – so you started coaching there at UT Chattanooga. That's correct. Okay. And then uh, there was a, a bunch of, of other uh, places where you kind of honed your skills. I, I see uh, – I can e rattle those off for you if you can't read them all, okay. Joe. Uh, uh, tell me if I miss one. East Tennessee State, VCU, Cincinnati, Xavier, Moorhead State, Wright State, New Mexico – did I miss any? Nope, you got them all. Got them all. Okay, so uh, along so so a lot of times people think every situation is like Jay Wright. I mean, uh, you know, you get a job when you're like 39, uh, you uh, stay there for 21 years, and you retire with about 70 million in the bank. A, a lot of the coaches have to to kind of go through the the ladder, climb the ladder, so to speak. And and you were doing that, uh, but else at the same time learning from all these different programs. Jay Wright had a much better approach to it than I did, um, especially from a financial situation. Um, and I, you know, it, it, everybody has to go about it different, uh, you know, and it, it happens differently for every coach. Um, you know, I, I'm glad of the way I had to climb the ladder. Um, I think it makes you, makes you appreciate um, every aspect of coaching. Um, I've had to do every single job that there is in coaching, um, you know, coming up through the ranks. 
Yeah, I see these six years, uh, 20 or 96 through 02 at Cincinnati. Was that when Bob Huggins was the men coach? At, at, so so, so who, was, who were you working for there as the head coach of Cincinnati? And, like, you obviously crossed paths with Huggy Bear. Lori Pirtle was the, was the head women's coach, okay? Uh, Valerie King was the best player on that team. And who is your assistant? That's correct. Um, Huggins was the men's coach. Um and it was uh, they practiced after us every day and so i would stay and watch them practice every single day and that's back when they were number one in the country they had Kenyon martin and you know i really feel like they were going to win the whole thing that year they were clearly the best team and he broke his leg in the conference tournament um and that kind of derailed their chances for a national championship um but the players that came through there on the men's side I mean, it was pro after pro, um, and they they really had it going. Yeah, yeah. So uh, interesting. Uh, like I said, uh, path. Um, so uh, so, but you know, another funny thing was like um, you while you were in college, uh, you uh, we all had unusual. Well, we had we had jobs. You know, we from the time we were kids, at least we we used to. <laughs> uh, so um, you know, along the way, I worked at McDonald's and proud of it. Along the way, you worked at Shoney's and proud of it, right? I did. I was uh, the manager at Shoney's, uh, worked uh, 3 p.m. to 3 a.m., five days a week, and went to school. And and um, after that... Uh, when 3, I, p- 3 p.m. to 3 a.m., yeah, five days a week. Right, that was the shift there. Um, yes, long hours. Uh, take a little nap and go back to school. Um, and then after that, I, I gave that up when I, when I got the... Um, uh, Coaching thing, right? The student assistant, because I couldn't do it, right? Um, and so I started uh, delivering newspapers for the for the newspaper there in Chattanooga, and um, so I, I would I would do that. That was seven days a week, but so only a couple hours sh- a day. What, what was that shift generally? Uh, generally from like nine in the morning till about twelve thirty. Okay, okay, it wasn't bad. Okay, not a bad shift. Uh, all right, well, Shoney's did you did you uh, did you get ever get sick of the food? I, I love. <laughs> I, I mean. There used to be one here in town. Uh, was it here when you got here, or was it already gone? I, they I don't had know. One, no, they had one on Manal in Lu, uh, Louisiana that was dynamite. I mean, since the buffet, I stopped working the whole, there, oh come since, on! I, I, I haven't been back. I, I ate enough of Shoney's while I was there. All right. Uh, what about what about when uh, we had Jim Villanucci in this chair a couple of years ago, and he used to rib you about the skyline chili? Is 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 it all that? I mean, uh, you know, we're, I mean, you lived in Cincinnati for a while. Was it? Is is it is is it all what it's stacked up to be? I think so. Uh, we, you know, my family loves it. Um, we have it shipped in. So, so okay, we, well, that pretty much. Yeah, so we still have it. You know, a couple times a month. Um, so, yeah, we <laughs> that, like it. That answers the question. All right, we're going to take a quick break again. Lobo women's basketball coach Mike Bradbury joining us in studio. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk about a bunch of the other things going on around college uh, athletics. Uh, that's next here on Team Talk, ESPN Radio, one hundred one seven, the team.